0: Welcome to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs podcast where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice but you are going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact sharing the story and transforming lives. My name is Charles Clark. I'm an international speaker and ex-professional athlete and I believe that everyone has a story to tell but not too many people are telling it. And that's why I created this podcast, because I'm passionate about helping people break the silence, even if their voice shakes. And today's guest, he's going to give you insight on how you can do just that. Our guest today is Brendan Kane. He's a social media expert and growth hacker for Fortune 500 companies, brands and celebrities. He helps brands find and engage new audiences, which award relevant content, products and services with attention and spending. Currently, he is advising Strike Social regarding entertainment partnerships. Brendan, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's wonderful to connect with you, Charles, and everybody that's listening to this.
0: Yeah, man. So, you know, before we get started, I just want you to let the Thrive Tribe know, who is Brendan Kane and how did you find yourself sharing your story and transforming lives?
1: Yeah, I mean, who I am, I think I'm working on that every day, right? I uh, like any... <laughs> Any human is I I love that old adage is the more that you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. And uh, so who I am is a a constant evolution uh, of learning. Uh, But when it comes to specifically why we're here today uh, and the business and, and marketing side of it, my journey started when I went to film school and I wanted to be a film producer and learn the business side of it. But as soon as I showed up to film school, I quickly realized that they don't really teach you anything about business there. So I figured that the best way to really learn about business is to start your own. So I was going to college. I was uh, created a few internet companies just to learn and experiment uh, because it was the most cost efficient way to create a business and it still holds true today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in film, which was back in like 2005, I showed up, started at the bottom like everybody else, making copy and coffees and deliveries. And, you know, I started going down this path of wanting to be a film producer. But I I realized very quickly that there was, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people moving to L.A. to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I realized that it wasn't a unique angle to grab the attention of people that I really wanted to connect with. Uh, So I just like anything I do, I took a step back and I just started listening. And listening to what was happening around the office. And it was interesting because uh, what I saw was when we finished a film that we spent tens of millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars on, there's a sense of anxiety that comes over the office. It's like, we spent all this money, this investment. Now we've got to make sure that in the next you know, six months or, or maybe a little bit longer, hundreds of millions of, pe- of people need to know about this film that didn't exist before and there is no brand recognition because most of the movies aren't, aren't the Avengers and the Avatar sequels of the world. Most of them are stories you never knew knew about or, or brands. So with that, I just started saying, hey, listen, I, I have experience in working with digital and social media was just coming on the scene now. MySpace was the big player. YouTube was, was really just starting off. Uh, Facebook was launched, but it wasn't the household name it was. And I just said, yeah, hey, I'd be more than happy to, to help you know, develop some strategies that we can use digital and social platforms to to reach tens of millions of people at no cost, or or if there is a cost, a, a fraction of what you guys are paying right now uh, with other advertising forms. And that started to gain traction. And, you know, in less than year, year and a half, I went from making coffee and coffees, uh, coffee for, for executives to building the first digital division for the, the first studio I worked for. And from then I just uh, felt more at home with that because I just realized that making movies and working in movie studios is, is another corporation. I think it's, yeah. everybody thinks it's so sexy and yeah. creative and all that, but it's another corporate entity. And I'm more of an entrepreneur at heart so I decided to continue down this, this path of digital and marketing and social media.
0: I think uh, it, it's something that's in common when that's common when it comes to the speakers of the world too, It's because every, everybody thinks that you got to have this, this crazy story. You have to be this, you know, world-class athlete or Olympian to be able to share something and make a difference. And I, I think what, what I see here is like you really found a way to find your lane and the impact of that is that you went from, you know, making coffee to, to running your own show.
1: Yeah. I see it really as you know, the reason I've had success and close the clients I've done and done the deals and all of that is any conversation I go into, I'm not going into it with, I want to sell this person. I want to close this deal. I want to get something out of them. I'm looking from the standpoint of who is this person? How do they perceive the world? Mm -hmm. What are the challenges and obstacles that they're facing? And then finally, once I have all that, well, how can I provide value to them to overcome those challenges or obstacles? Or how can I provide value in their everyday life, whether it's personal or professional? And sometimes that's not me doing it. It's like, Hey, you should talk to this person. You should read this book or listen to this podcast or video. And sometimes it is, I'd love to help you do this with my experience and, and background, but that is like you said, is you do not have to be a professional athlete, you know, a rock star or a movie star or anything to gain traction to get people to pay attention to you. You just have to understand how to contextualize what makes your genius in a way that it comes off like you can provide and solve people's greatest challenges. Mm. And then people will listen, people will engage, people will buy, people will hire you to speak, whatever that may be.
0: Yeah. You built a massive following on social media. You went from uh, let's say zero to a million followers in 30 days. What did that do for your business, and why did you see that there was a big need for you to uh, pursue social media growth?
1: So I, and this is the core subject of my second book that just came out, Hook Point: How to Stand Out in Three Second World. Is, and this goes back to the the film the, the the film experiences. I am always looking for that unique angle, that unique hook. What we call hook point to stand out, to get people to pay attention to what we have to say, to, to pay attention to how we can express the most value. So at the time I had spent about three and a half years developing systems for brands and corporations and celebrities, and really how to test content at scale to hit their KPIs. And some of that, those KPIs were traffic, other were leads, some were sales, Uh, but then there was a subset of like athletes that was follower based Mm -hmm. So. I first started off on Facebook and and had developed this system, and I knew it was possible. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of why. And that's where it came down to a hook point. You know, what is going to make me stand out? And I had thought about doing a book for some time, but I didn't feel like I had that unique angle, that unique hook point that would warrant the effort, the time, and energy that it takes. Because I don't go into anything of you know to play it small. It's yeah. always going big because of where I started. I started in the film industry. It's like I couldn't go into a meeting and talk about an idea that was going to reach 10,000 people or even 100,000 people. You get fired. You have to think big and come up with big ideas. So very early on in my career, my mind was trained that way. So I had thought about writing a book and then I just came up with this, this concept of generating a million followers in 30 days because I knew it could be done. Uh, so I called a literary agent that's represented over $5 billion worth of the books. He wrote the
0: I want to pause for a moment. You said you yeah. knew it could be done. What what gave you that mindset? And, I, I, and But then let's go back to that conversation. But what gave you that mindset to say it can be done?
1: Because I'd spent three and a half years developing these systems. And mm-hmm. I've seen, I saw the scale. I saw the growth. I saw the path to do it. It wasn't like I just woke up one morning and just be like, I'm going to stumble across this. Is mm-hmm. everything that I do, everything that I write about, everything that I speak about is developing systems that are repeatable
0: yeah
1: i don't i'm not interested in you know you can do it once and then you can't reproduce it because then it's just like then what's the value in it for other people is like it's just a good story instead of sharing tactics and strategies that people can employ for their brand or for their goals
0: in challenges the right mindset can have you hitting the ground running or idling to achieve your goals
1: so then, so I called this literary agent that I, that I had, uh, got introduced to that, that, uh, brought like the four dummies book series. He represents Eckhart And I just said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm thinking about doing this experiment. If I do it, uh, will you sign me as a client and get me a publishing deal? Cause I, I think it could be an interesting book. And again, the hook point was, you know, uh, how I, generated a million followers in 30 days. Obviously the the title got um, reshaped a little bit for launch, but he said, yes, and we got the publishing deal. And I knew that that book was a foundational piece to everything I wanted to do, the brand I wanted to build, that impact I wanted to have. So that book then turned to speaking opportunities, speaking around the world you know, in front of thousands of people. Like I I had one speaking game engagement where I spoke to 7,000 people. Mm -hmm. I got flown to Ikea. I've got flown all over the world to to speak around the subject matter in the book. You know, that hook point of the book and the hook point alone really afforded that opportunity for those speaking engagements. On top of that, you know, it led to huge podcasts, television appearances, radio, print, uh, you name it. And it was all done by design, And yeah. but it all started with this hook point that I developed. So I was looking at social media and this experiment, not in that I'm making myself an influencer, that I'm making myself famous, is that I'm leveraging as a hook for a much larger conversation that I want to have with people.
0: Trap, it's not the book that's going to get you the money. Well, It may be a big foundational piece in your business, it doesn't define you. You know, This is coming from a guy who has been in the game for 11 years now and I have not yet finished my book, but I'm able to create a six figure income doing what I love to do. Don't let that book fool you because your voice is so important right now and the more you begin to use that voice that you have, the more you can begin to fine tune that message that you wanna share and then the book can come.
1: Books itself really don't make money. The only people that make money off of books are getting seven figure advances, and that's that's coming from the Obamas and you know people at that that highest level. Uh, I'm not going to say people don't make money off of books, but majority don't, and we don't look at it at that at at that level. We look at it as uh, the beginning of a conversation yeah. to have with people leverage. And listen, for us, it's very expensive to work with us. So maybe. Two percent of the people to read our books, we work with, mm. but that's fine. That's why we put that information in the book. It's we don't hold anything back. You know, we provide everything in these books so that we can have that impact on people. It's the hook brings people into a conversation, provides invaluable in- insights and and conversations, and then from that, there's a subset of the people that do turn into deals and t- turn into larger opportunities. Mm
0: when you started speaking, what was your biggest realization?
1: It's a great question. I, I, I don't know what the biggest realization was. I mean, I took it very seriously. I hired a speaking coach, got trained in it. You know, I had a lot of experience going into boardrooms and like having conversations with major CEOs, celebrities. So I felt comfortable expressing ideas uh, and expressing information and connecting. But I wanted to be trained in how does that translate to the stage? So there was a pretty intensive process of understanding how you structure a keynote, how you deliver a keynote, how you, how you move your body on stage, when to move, when not to, all of those things. And I, I think it was just a combination of, of all of that that was just really a learning experience. And it still is, you know, I'm still learning as a speaker. And and working to get better at it each day.
0: Yeah, I think we we never arrive to like I'm I'm I got it. <laughs> it's always something you want to work on. You and shouldn't, on, right?
1: If you did, you're if you if you are, then you're probably doing something wrong, or you're hitting a ceiling that you'll never break through.
0: Right, a cap. Yeah. Was there any fears that you had when you when you first started speaking? How did you get over? It?
1: I would say. Definitely anxiety because I'm so much a perfectionist. Something that I I work on, and I just remember when I started, I I, I just memorized everything. Yeah. And looking back on it, it, and my coach even told me, like, listen, you can memorize it, and you can be good at it, but that's not the best part or the best way to to really deliver something. So I think there was more anxiety and stress about, am I going to forget something? Am I going to deliver this perfectly? And things of that nature. But, uh, for me is once I get on stage, maybe, you know, definitely before speeches, there's that sense of anxiety, uh, that's there. But once I'm in up there in the first minute or two, it just kind of completely goes away. Mm.
0: Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like track. Like I got, I mean, I had mad nerves when I was, when I was running, but as soon as that gun went off, everything went away, and it was like, "This is where I should be." I think um, there's always going to be that that fear, that feeling of fear that's that's present when we're doing something big. But I kind of look at it as like it's just a reminder that this is what you're called to do.
1: It's it's so interesting because I just spent the last week uh, with a new mentor of mine, and he's a freediver. He's a he's a professional free diver. So what he trains you to do is yeah, like he goes and holds his breath for seven minutes underwater. But what he trains you to do is to become a free diver and understand that that fear, that uncomfortable nature is just it's just in your head. Yeah. And once you push past it, you get far more comfortable with it. It's like he does a breathing exercise underwater. And you have this contraction, like you swallow, or this convulsion that happens that is your body telling you you're not breathing. And that typically happens, and people go straight up and start breathing. But what he says, and it, it's so true, is if you push past that first convulsion, mm-hmm. your body just relaxes completely because no. it's all in the mind. So, yeah. me coming from that experience is now anything that makes me fearful, anything that makes me uncomfortable. I know it's something I have to do,
0: right? It's, right. it's,
1: it's, it's essentially a calling that I need to go and do this. I need to experience this. I need to learn this.
0: Yeah. I say the more you, you step into what you're afraid to do, the more you start to love it. Yeah. As a social media expert, what areas should a speaker be really developing and honing in and, and dedicating their time and energy to, to expand their speaking business?
1: Well, for me, everything starts with the hook point. What is that hook that differentiates you from everybody else, or get somebody to say, to stop and say "That's interesting. I need to learn more about it because without it, sure you can have a big following and get speaking gigs above it. but to me, like what I've experienced in 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 speaking and in booking speaking gigs is oftentimes. It's, it's more about the hook than the audience. The audience plays a role. I'm not going to deny that your social media numbers can help and all of that. But to me, it, and what I've seen is, is your hook of your keynote, is your hook of your brand strong enough where they're like, wow, you know, I need to bring this person to speak to my company or, wow, I need to bring this person to speak to my conference. That, that will always trump, oh, you just got a big social following, so we're going to hire them.
0: Right. (laughs) You look you look good on social media. You got the the likes, you got the followers, but do you have substance? Yeah. Like for you, what's your hook?
1: Well, the first one was a million followers in thirty days. Mm -hmm. That that was and it's still a big hook that, that we're selling more books today than even when we launched it. And then, you know, the the next one or the one that we just launched is hook point how to stand out in a three second world that Mm. we live in a world where there's over 60 billion messages sent out on digital platforms each day is you're no longer fighting attention. You're no longer fighting against direct competition. You're fighting against every piece of content for attention.
0: Mm. Mm. That's real. Do you think that I guess the way of speaking with COVID-19 and um, everything put has limitations now, what do you see the the speaking industry going
1: well there's been a lot that's been going virtually but i have i'm pretty happy with and i'm not going to get into the efficacies of it but pretty happy with the progression of all these vaccines that are coming out because i think what that's going to do is ease the the tension ease the unknown the fear because it's, this all this is fear driven yeah right now I'm not saying that there's not a problem and things of that nature, but a lot of these decisions of closing businesses and all of that is around fear because we don't really know what's happening. And I think that safety net that's being created with the vaccines, whether you believe in vaccines or not, is going to ease that fear and open things up. So I, I would say, you know, I've already been to it. Like it was interesting. I was at a at a hotel in Florida and they were doing conferences there and they're a different breed (laughs) yeah Uh, but yeah I I, I can see probably by summertime it's going to start coming back
0: what advice would you give to someone who's just starting building their social media following growing their speaking business what advice would you give to them knowing what you know now
1: well again the first place is how are you differentiating yourself what is your hook point because Without it, you're going to struggle Like because it, the world that we live in today, it, it comes down to two key elements to be successful on social media even, and even offline is one, can you grab somebody's attention? Can you get them to just stop in the first three to five seconds, stop the scroll, stop on the busy street, whatever that is, and just be like, that's interesting. I want to hear more. And it place the second thing is how long do you retain that attention for? If you can master those two things, you will ultimately be successful, whether it's speaking, uh, whether it's social media, whatever it may be. So that's where it's like, and that's why I spent two years developing the, the Hook Point book is because I've just seen this across the board. I work with people in startups. I work with billion dollar corporations. I work with celebrities and across the board, that's where the challenges come into play is how do we first get somebody to just stop? And pay attention to us because we're, we're, we're so ingrained in us and what we know and the value we give, but people may not be ready for that yet. You've got to just get them to stop. Like you can't really start with a story. You can't start with your purpose, your why, your product or service. Mm -hmm. You've got to start with just capturing their attention to get to that part of it. And there's a big distinction of, of what people need and what people want. So there's a lot of people in the marketplace, uh, speakers, authors, coaches that are brilliant, that that can transform the world, transform their clients in a remarkable way, but their end consumer may not be there yet. Mm -hmm. So you have to start with what they want to take them to what they need. So to give you an example is with my first book, One Million Followers, I'm playing to what people want. They want followers. So I can take them to what they need to know, which is the art of testing, the art of strategic alliances and partnerships, how to create shareable content, all of these elements. But if I led with those, it would not have the same impact. It would not, the hook would not be powerful enough to reach
0: all of those people. Hey Brendan, thanks so much for joining the Journey Pace Speaking Gigs podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. But before you go, I know the tribe is wondering, what can we find? Uh,
1: they can direct message me on Instagram at Brendan Kane. They can also email me at bkane at If They want to check out the books. I would, even if you're looking at follower growth, I would always start with hook point. Uh, it's sold everywhere. Books are sold, but I would recommend going to book.hookpoint.com because we give you, uh, access to a free masterclass along with it. Uh, and in additional, uh, some other bonuses, and the 1 million followers book, they can go to uh, 1millionfollowers.com. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Hey Trap, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you happen to be looking for a little bit more help on ways to develop your speech, turn your speaking career into a thriving brand, and get consistently paid speaking gigs. Well, I have a free online training that's gonna show you three powerful ways to get paid speaking gigs. Head to journey to paid speaking Forward slash training. That's Journey to Paid Speaking dot com. Forward slash training.